Welcome everybody. Eminem Podcast is here to bring you the second episode of the Canberra Football Show. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Nicoletti, along with my good friend Michael Georgievsky. Michael, it's been about two months. Have you been? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been pretty good, uh, but I've also been <laughs> pretty bored as well. I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. Um, I'm doing everything I can to sort of keep myself busy day to day, given everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, whether that's you know surrounding health and fitness, you know reading. Um, any anything really just to just to help me get through get through the day uh what what about you uh, look if anyone uh, knows me personally they know that uh fitness and uh, me usually don't go hand in hand well at least recently anyway and but however during this uh isolation slash lockdown period i've actually been um going for walks surprisingly oh, that's nice <laughs> i know shocking and uh, I've also just been, you know, reading, um, keeping the mind sharp, listening to the podcasts, and of course, like everyone else, um, catching up with their favorite TV shows and movies. And uh, we, Michael and I both just quickly wanted to say a short message about the COVID-19 situation. Um, we just want to say our hearts go out to every single person that has uh, been affected by it. Now, that could be either whether you know someone or you've had a loved one that's passed away, passed away due to COVID-19, whether you've lost your job whether you've lost your income, whether you've been affected as in like it's very hard for you to take care of the kids or you haven't been able to find anyone to do that or whether indirectly you've had someone that's passed away but you haven't been able to attend the funeral or you've had to watch it over over the um, Zoom or whether or whether you um, haven't been able to visit loved ones in, uh, that are sick in hospital or in a nursing home or anything like that, our hearts go out to each and every single one of you, not just in Canberra and Australia, but all around the world. It's been a very, very tough time. Now once now that we've uh, announced the elephant in the room, Michael, what is our first topic of the day? Yeah, so I think we're just going to provide a little uh, recap uh, towards our first uh, episode uh, with our dear friend uh, Russ Gibbs. And, uh, you know, Matt, I remember having sort of, you know, certain expectations on how I thought the episode, uh, would run and the reaction we would, would receive. And I can happily say that we did very well and did way better than what I thought. Uh, how did you feel, uh, about seeing, you know, how well we, we had done considering all the work that we had put in leading up to the first uh, episode? Well, the first thing I said was overwhelmed. Oh, wait, sorry, I should probably take that back. The first thing anyone says is never never overwhelmed. That's definitely the first <laughs> thing I thought, that's for sure. I think the first thing I said was wow, because uh, when I uploaded, I think I uploaded early in the day just to make sure it was all good. And then once we finally released it, uh, I think you said you were happy with 50 listens. Yeah. I said I was happy with... Uh, about 100 listens well we'll be happy with that and then we ended up on 721 listens on soundcloud and over 2000 people reached it on facebook then that could mean just clicking on it or sharing it or anything like that now i just wanted to say on behalf of us uh thank you very much to every single person that listened shared it and told someone about the podcast uh it means the world to us and we're very glad that everyone enjoyed it and everyone is looking forward to it i'm sure you can say the same uh, my message my message box was just blowing up uh yep. <laughs> within the first 24 hours of us doing that congratulating us saying how well uh, it went over and how much they enjoyed it and what they want to hear from us in the future so i'm just glad that everyone uh sees um a reason for us to 
you know, to keep this uh, show going in that regard. Do you have any any other last thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I've, just to go on the back of what you said quickly, I mean, obviously I think having people, you know, it's nice to see all the views and uh, how many people, people it reached, but I think people going the extra mile to actually, you know, reach out to us as a, as a group or individually uh, congratulating us uh, really meant a lot. And uh, I actually want to take the time to say thank you to the presidents and coaches uh, of the clubs uh, because they were very responsive and, you know, it really helped us put together a good podcast where we were able to cover, you know, a lot of areas and provide a really good insight into how the clubs were preparing uh, for the season, uh, the, the MPL one season. Uh, obviously before uh, COVID-19 hit. Indeed. Now, let's move on to one of our next topics, and that is the online FIFA competition, which reminds me, I also wanted to thank Russ Gibbs, obviously who helped us with the show, and then I want to thank Ashley, who did the logo for us, and Aiden, who helped us with the editing, because without any of those three, we wouldn't have been able to do that first podcast. Now, I'm glad that reminded me, because the online FIFA uh, competition, which on Facebook, if you want to go follow the page is called Canberra and Regional FIFA Tournament. Obviously, like we said, it's run by our friend Russ Gibbs. Now, the, the, when I helped him uh, do the announcement for the draws, they, he announced three competitions originally. Xbox Singles, which was won by Yulgali Football Club, and uh, they beat O'Connor 5-6 in aggregate on the final. PlayStation Singles, which saw Queanbeyan City defeat Wagga City Wanderers. In the final four three, uh, sorry five three on aggregate, on an aggregate replay, which means I think they had to play a third mm-hmm. match actually, or maybe two more, and then the PlayStation doubles, which saw Canberra Olympic defeat Queanbeyan City eight five on aggregate. And you know I actually had the chance uh, to speak to Russ in the lead up to him starting uh, this uh, this competition. Um, you know it was just fantastic to see uh, you know all the people uh, that had got involved in terms of representing their clubs uh, for the FIFA tournament during this sort of whole pandemic. I think it really shows, you know, how strong and tight-knit our footballing community here is uh, in Canberra. And, you know, I remember talking to Russ and he told me that, you know, potentially, you know, of implementing this sort of competition on a regular basis when all things go back to normal, you know, potentially introducing this uh, during sort of, you know, pre-season, you know, trying to get uh, not only MPL 1 and MPL 2 players uh, involved, like we've seen with this competition uh, so far, but, you know, getting the juniors involved, getting uh, more male and, and uh, female uh, uh, players as well uh, to join and and, uh, and play. And there is currently another competition that will be running, and that is... Oh, it's currently running at the moment, mm. sorry, and that's the World Cup. They're currently in the round of 16 of that competition. Russ has expressed... Uh, if anyone would like to uh, help him organize the competition or any future competitions, uh, please message the Facebook page or message him personally. Uh, it, it could be a very good opportunity for anyone. It's a good, great way to make contacts as well and just be involved in the football community. Absolutely. And I also want to mention, you know, uh, Gungahlin United and how they had started their uh, e-magazine, uh, uh, online e-magazine uh, just over, I think, over a month ago. And you know, obviously, we got a, a feature uh, in that e-magazine, which was uh, fantastic for us uh, in terms of, you know, getting our own dedicated uh, segment. Uh, and I thought it was obviously a really 
uh, it was an excellent uh, opportunity for us to, you know, discuss what our plans are, you know, uh, how we got started doing this and, um, you know, just providing a bit of a background uh, into, you know, what our footballing, um, you know, history is. And uh, I guess what, what were your th- thoughts and feeling of, feelings about this process, Maddie? Because, you know, it's obviously good for our brand uh, to always keep growing and, and maintain a certain, you know, bit of exposure. It certainly was. I guess I was just surprised that it came so soon is, is what I wanted to say um, because, look, obviously we've when you go to UC, like they put you in the deep end in, in a way and they get you to, you know, go and help a lot of organizations and that includes, you know, doing a lot of articles and videos and whatnot and then you're, you're always seeing your name in stuff when you do do pieces of work but this is probably the first ever time well, I can think of that I've actually been interviewed by someone. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting to be on the other side of the, uh, the spectrum in that regard. Yeah. And like, like uh, you're the uh, test subject in a way. Yeah, indeed. And I'm just, uh, I just hope we get more of this because, uh, it will really help the brand. And more importantly, it'll get us in contact with more people so we can, um, we can, uh, make Canberra football, you know, this bigger, better, better brand slash social, uh, circle. And that's obviously, uh, one of our goals. Indeed. Now, obviously, the one of the main reasons why you guys are probably tuned in today is to find out what we know about football possibly returning in the mm. capital. Now, from what I've been told, there are three possible scenarios that could concern local football and returning, but obviously, this is all at the discretion of the ACT government and what they think is necessary in terms of how they want to proceed with the next sort of exit phases from this uh, from this lockdown. Most of the coaches, players, and presidents have been made aware of these possible scenarios. So it is decently common knowledge throughout that part of the community, and they have been discussing it. However, like I was just saying then, plans can always change, and it very well could be out of their control, as we will go into more detail soon. Now, Michael, would you like to discuss what these possibilities are? Yeah, sure. So the first of the three uh, would be starting... Uh, the competitions uh, back around the 21st of June until the 11th of September. Uh, And that will include uh, a couple of midweek fixtures uh, included between that time span. Uh, The second one would be a week later on June uh, 28th, uh, still to the 11th of uh, September, but with increased uh, midweek fixtures. And the third uh, would be a start in July uh, with a large amount of uh, midweek games uh, finishing in uh, September, uh, but all of this sort of needs to be approved by the ACT government to get any sort of uh, go-ahead. Indeed, and I think there's a few things people need to sort of think about when they look at these options. And a big reason... All right, so the FFA, when they first made the announcement, it was FFA that said local grassroots football would not be going ahead and they made it was like somewhere in mid-april yep. now they've announced it to the 31st mm-hmm. so i'm not sure whether they're going to announce anything sooner or after but i'm sure uh, their announcements will be in response to what they've said with the local governments in that regard but if it is anything different the act government will say something different and in that regard so that would mean that i'm assuming training would most likely get the green light to go ahead after that may 31st period uh, so training will probably get the go-ahead from June 1st yep. onwards. However, in that regard, 
if anyone's seen what Scott Morrison has said, and he's given the roadmap to COVID safe Australia, and in that, we're currently in step one, or ACT is anyway, I'm not sure if New South Wales is at the moment, but ACT is currently in the step one, which means five visitors at home and 10 in business and public spaces. Hmm. So that would make it extremely unlikely for yep. any sort of training to go ahead. Yep. Step two says the gatherings of 20 people in your home, public spaces, and businesses. Now, we can only assume that by June 1st, we, we will most likely be in step two if that all goes well, and that will probably mean the go-ahead for trainings, Yep. you would think. And then step three is the gatherings of sizes between... Sorry, it's just sizes of increased to 100 people. So that would be when the games will go ahead. Now, from what I've been told, I've gathered that most of these games will most likely be behind closed doors. Now, that could be obviously different. That could change, but it will most likely be behind closed doors, and and I'm assuming that Bar TV will get the go-ahead, media will get the go-ahead to be there and whatnot Mm. in that regard, so everyone should still be able to watch it, uh, the big games in that regard. However, another thing I think we need to look about is that I don't think junior sport will be able to go ahead because when you look at that 100 people, unless it gets special dispensation, yeah, uh, you've been to... We've all played local football when we oh, were like nine it, years old. It's a, yeah, it's a, you get there in the, in the morning zoo. and uh, you, know, you get there in the morning uh, for your game and you know, you've got that many uh, kids playing uh, across multiple fields. Um, you know, with parents, referees, players, uh, it's just uh, very unlikely uh, that that you know would would, would go ahead. Um, but uh, look, going back to the three sort of scenarios, uh, Maddie, um, around sort of what the future holds uh, for local football. Um, when I look at it, it's going to be hard to book venues and officials in that time span. Um, although you get a bit, obviously a bit more time with the first two options as opposed to a July start, um, it's gonna it would be very difficult to you know hire referees, um, you know hire venues um, and get that done. You know where you're trying to look for multiple venues within very quick time spans as well. Uh, what do you think uh, about about you know? considering those three options, where, where do you think we, we, we would stand on that? Now, we're all considering that we're all well and we're everything is going well and we're in step three by that point because if we're not in step three, unless there's a special dispensation, which could very well happen, or there's so many scenarios that could go into this, but let's just say everything went well and these three possible scenarios are on the book and they had to choose one. I'm assuming the first or the second one will be more likely because once you start doing midweek games, it gets very very difficult ever most of the people have second part-time jobs and yeah referees have part-time jobs and everyone has part-time jobs mostly and it, it, i know it'll be later at night but then you've got the issues of everyone's availability and then obviously everyone makes themselves available but then you've got the issue like you said uh the the grounds and then then you've got the issues of the bar TV, how are we going to get that there, and all these sort of things. It, it, it just becomes a lot easier if more games are on the weekend and we have less midweek games. Yep. My question, uh, one thing I was thinking is, is this the end of the FFA Cup for Canberra in that regard, the Fed Cup? Um, I mean... It's hard to tell, but... It, it, is, it, it is hard to tell, tell uh, as of right now, considering circumstances, you know, 
they're always um, how they're they going to fit it in though. That's that's a big question. Yeah, well, with all these midweek games, exactly right. Um, it, it's very hard to obviously place your finger on how things are going to develop and um, you know what's going to happen. Um, you know, because things are changing day by day. Um, so look, we might we might not even see football this year, Matt. Uh, we might not get that at all. And you know, when you look at that, that's probably the safest and smartest option in a way, you know what I mean? Um, considering, you know, how many people, you know, it's affected. And I know, Cam- I know Canberra hasn't been greatly affected uh, by all means, but, you know, it's important to take every precautionary measure you can. And I think, you know, you don't want to, you know, sit on the fence too much with, with this. And I-, I think, you know, if we do not get any football this year, it's obviously not not great for Canberra football not to to go a whole whole year without playing, but there are things bigger than, than the game right now, and I think that you know it, we just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, it's a day by day process, and it's just like I said before, it's really hard to place your finger on what's what's really going to happen. And talk about that day by day process. I think there's another scenario we have to throw in the ban in the mm. in the works is. Um, if the ACT and New South Wales don't have the same guidelines, well, it'll be interesting to see what does that mean for Queen City, Monaro, Yulgali, and all the rest. Like, they will be able to play, but will they be... Like, if there are different phases or unless they've got special dispensation, does that mean all those New South Wales clubs won't be able to train and play in New South Wales? Yeah, will they have to locate, like, relocate to, you know, training and trying to find venues in Canberra? And that presents a whole nother sort of issue on top of, you know, all of potentially what could happen anyway. Now, I know we're throwing a lot of scenarios and issues and uh, questions at everybody, but these are all things people need to think about when they... This is everything capital football would currently be thinking about, especially when they present this to the government. Mm -hmm. And we most likely will hopefully have some more answers in future podcasts in that regard. And... It's like you said, it's just a day by day situation. So it'll be interesting to see whether FFA actually make an announcement before the 31st of May. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd, you'd imagine so, um, because we are sort of, you know, we're sort of, you know, we're in the 9th of May right now, and, you know, we're, we're meant to be returning on the 31st. So you can imagine that we should be hearing something reasonably soon. People should be hearing news reasonably soon so we just have to see uh what happens indeed and i think that uh, we'll wrap it up there very uh, very short podcast but we just wanted to get an update out to everybody we want to thank everybody we want to see how everyone's going um stay safe stay safe everybody and hopefully we'll have uh, some more news in coming upcoming podcasts michael yeah and I, I just want to say uh thank you to those that have you know stuck around uh given everything that's going on uh we're happy to be up and running again i can say that on behalf of matt and uh myself and uh if you haven't liked uh the page on facebook uh already uh go ahead and do that uh m&m uh podcasts and we also are on instagram too yes that's the big one instagram we need to get that one out there yeah <laughs> everyone get on the instagram and, and the soundcloud if you can as well so thank you everybody we are very, very glad to be back and hopefully we'll be back within the next week or two with episode three. Thank you very much.